guys. Welcome to This Is Where the Magic Happens. I'm Angela Lovell, a psychic, empath, um, borderline cat hoarder, uh, Master Eleven, what other things I do, and practitioner of magic with a K on the end, not the fake kind. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a K in the in, in practitioner and also yeah. magic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, mag- a magicianer. Oh, I like that. Oh, my name is Ryan Singer. I am a stand-up comedian, uh, paranormal investigator, slash enthusiast, lover of all things esoteric, mystical, supernatural, and unknown. Dated a woman who could shapeshift many yes. years ago. That sparked my interest in all things otherworldly, or of this world, actually. Um, and it really opened my mind and my eyes and my ears to trying to understand that there's so much I don't understand, e- including the things that I didn't think were possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to say, I think I told you this, but when I listened to the interview that she just kind of like spontaneously gave you that time you got to hang out with her, the shapeshifter, I was like, I would follow this woman into the abyss. She's, wow, she's she's amazing. Mm-hmm. She is really otherworldly and brilliant. And I, I, I just loved the confidence she spoke with and... I mean, she knows shit. You know what I mean? I just had a, I just remember, I just had a memory flash. Ooh, what was it? A few nights ago, because, I mean, people can listen. I mean, if, if people are interested in what we're talking about, they can really kind of find out. Like my other podcast, I call it a Mindcast, Me and Paranormal You, um, it, where I do, do an interview with her. It's available there. But it's number 76. Know, d- how did I find it? On YouTube or something? It's on YouTube. I put mm-hmm. it on YouTube because iTunes only keeps the last 250. And mm-hmm. there's like 400 some episodes now. And so it, it fell into the thing where it's no longer available on the free. I think I just looked so, Ryan Singer Shapeshifter. And yeah. So YouTube. if you Google that, it'll come up. Mm-hmm. I just had, I've, she, I haven't had contact with her in probably over a year. Where uh, like emails, like I just, she go through periods where she won't you know, respond to my mm-hmm. my contact requests or whatever, or just like reaching out to her. And I had a dream a couple nights ago that she responded. I'm just Ooh. now remembering this. Um, I, I think I had a dream that she responded um, with something just very like short and simple, like, hey, what's up? Just been busy or Aww. something like that. You know what I mean? Maybe. Which, is, which would be great. Yeah, maybe she's... Maybe she reached out in your dream just so you'd know she was okay. I think she may have. Yeah, because she's so, off the yeah. grid, you guys. She's the real fucking deal. Yeah, she this had woman to go is. Off the uh, grid. Yeah, she's. And if you go listen to that, I mean, it's it's difficult not to. Really, you know, she's really endearing. Yeah. And there's something about the feedback I'll get from people of like, how are you? Like, I hear a lot of like, how are you two not together? I felt that way too. Things like that, and so, but because it is weird because it'd been over ten years since we'd sen- seen each other, and we just. And you can't tell yeah, in the, in the conversation. We picked up right where we left off. And yeah. that's how it was when, when we first met each other as well. So it was pretty, it was, needless to say, it was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. I have to say, um, I I wouldn't say, I've, I've met a lot of my soulmates. And you and I are soul travelers, Ryan. And oh, that's right. Uh, that's yeah. right. Because uh, Sarah, Sarah. Th- we had to have like Sarah's Corner. We like, there's a, there's a, there's a moment God, of each episode her. where we yeah. was dedicated to discussing <laughs> no, Sarah. I mean, we could talk about her <laughs> endlessly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Sarah, when Ryan went in, she was like, are you and Angela dating? And, and he was like, no, no. And she was like, okay. And then when I saw her at meditation, she brought it up and she goes, yeah, you and Ryan are connected. You guys are soul travelers. And she's like, it's not like soulmates, but you travel throughout these lifetimes together, which I thought was so cool. Like, I want, I want to, I want to Google it. I want to ask her more about it. Like, are we then 
meeting up here or are we primarily meeting up in the other place, you know, to travel to other places? Like it's, uh, what the, f- I've never heard Soul Traveler, but I've met a lot. I really haven't either. So I'm, not, so I'm writing it down yeah. on that so I can remember. Let's look it up. And do some more research I've on met, it. I've met, so I've met a lot of my soulmates and it's been a huge disappointment. <laughs> So that's the thing. Uh, this is spoiler total, alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. Sorry, you guys. Soulmate spoilers. Sometimes soulmates suck and you yeah. shouldn't be with them. But then the idea is like you are you're drawn to each other because you're always going to be you're always going to orbit each other. Um, apparently, I got a little real shitty soulmates, but I and they have wonderful qualities, too. But um, just know, like, you are probably meeting your soulmates and when people say like, oh, I want to find my soulmate, trust me, like some of them you don't want to find. The, some of them you're fucking sick of before you, like the moment you are with them, you're like, this is going to be a pain in the ass. I wonder, I'm trying to remember, I wonder if anyone looks back and considers me a, a shitty soulmate. I'm sure Ooh. someone has to have. I have like. Throughout the course. I, of, I mean, I'm 42 years old, so I'm sure someone has been like, oh, Ryan is a shitty mm-hmm. soulmate of mine. I have four. I seriously, uh, before I die, I need to figure out how to block how to block them in the next life. I'm serious. And I love them. I love them so much. But they take and they don't give. And I'm fucking sick of it. So and they're all like, men. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And, and some of them I uh i'm not uh sexual with you know what i mean but uh um i uh what was i gonna say about soulmates um fuck what you were saying about yours uh i guess okay here oh, but like here's, we picked up right where we left off yeah yeah here's the point i would make you will know your soulmate you have instant chemistry with this person and um I, it's nice we all have many you know but it's hard i think for some people to draw them in i think too if you are living a shitty life and you're miserable and you're afraid and you're not dancing enough or taking care of your body, your spirit guides don't want to work with you and they're not going to help you find soulmates. I hope you have better soulmates than I've had. I got a good one right now. <laughs> but it also... <laughs> I got a couple good ones yeah, right now. It, it makes me also wonder about Twin Flames because I soul, there's like, in my understanding and just all the things, all the time I've looked into mm-hmm. this, there's a difference between soul soulmates and twin flames. Mm-hmm. And then also like soul groups, maybe like a group, like it's like the same batch of souls were yeah. cooked in the cosmic oven mm-hmm. and they're released into the universe at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So now that's your soul group, but that doesn't mean that they're your soul mates. Yeah. And then also doesn't mean that they're your twin flames, which yeah. can be, I don't know. It's almost got this like Zeus's lightning bolt thing where it separates uh, a hole into two halves. So now yeah. you spend all these lifetimes reconnecting with that person. And it, sometimes it can be like volatile and oh, the God, worst. Yeah. Yeah. Most of mine are that e- still where I'm just like, why are we, you know, I know we've been doing this for hundreds of thousands of years. Why are we doing it now? Why are we doing it here? Like this is a fucking playground. Let's have fun. Why are we fighting here? You know? And I, I'm starting to realize, like, I I bring out some bad stuff in these people just by showing up. And I don't, they have ideas about me that I, I'm always going to get my way and I'm going to take something from them. And I'm like, this is ancient. What did I take from you before? You know, because I'm an That's 11. My karmas are done. I only have instant karma now. So I'm not paying for anything. But I don't know what I, maybe there was a whole batch and I fucking burnt their village down or something. I don't know, but they are angry at me and they don't stop being I had angry. a past life regression done or not regression but a past life psychic situation and I'm not so sure that I bought into it because mm. um 
because of what transpired afterwards, like finding with like her, this woman wanting much of money from oh, me to like remove yeah. it from me. That's bullshit. And I was yeah. like, you're like, you're a really bad person. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're just gonna let me keep going. And your lifetime. intuition knows. Yeah. 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 So, but she had told me that I was like in one of my past lives, I was this off. I was like, I was the evil twin brother. And like, I like killed a bunch of people. And so all these people were like paying me back lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, getting their revenge. Anyway, so like that yeah, was like, that like bullshit. Yeah, so I, I'm not so sure about that, but I do wonder when it comes to like having to learn these lessons over and over and over again with mm-hmm. these same spe- with the same people, yeah, the same souls, uh, just in, in you know in, in different bodies. Mm-hmm. I'm I do certainly know a few that I've met in my life. Yeah. And, and whether or not they're just friends of mine who are, you know, some guys who are friends of mine or women who are friends of mine mm-hmm. or I've had a relation. There was my I had a relationship recently. And I don't know how to explain it other than there were a couple times and I don't know if you have any insight into this. Mm-hmm. There were a couple times where we'd be hanging out and I'd be looking at this woman and I would feel like. I'm going to go crazy if I keep looking at her. Whoa. Have you ever heard of like something like this happening? I don't know if it's like a dissociation thing that I'm suffering from or, but I don't really, crazy I've never really had this experience with anyone else. Crazy with what? Like passion, rage, like what was No, like I actually feel like I might go mentally, like I might lose my, I might become... She might... I might, I start experiencing unreality. Well, and you, you... One of your soulmates is a shapeshifter. This woman could have something uh, attached to her or, or be something, you know. I mean, there. I feel like there are so many different creatures among us. Like even even one of my best friends, um, the the Cuban who murdered somebody basically accidentally <laughs> and um, to get her man. She's uh, she's really powerful. What was I the nickname you were calling? Kunk. Her? Yeah, Kunk. Kunk. Um, I was just texting with her a minute ago. Um, she's mind blow i'm i am just glad that i'm on her good side i mean she she's very powerful i don't know what she is but um i mean that is that is insane that you felt that way that i don't know what that is yeah i don't know either and like there's a little bit there's lots of things that are attached to it like Mm -hmm. as far as my emotions and feelings about it you know one of the big ones is kind of a guilt feeling that remains attached to it like how because i've never expressed this to her like how can you express that to someone like hey don't be weird about (sighs) this I know we're together, but sometimes when I look at you, I feel like I'm going crazy. This is almost the cute overload thing. And Pierre just did this thing on it where um, I personally, when I love a baby or a cat or a puppy, I want to put its hands and paws in my mouth and just like, I don't know what comes next. Maybe I bite them. I don't know. I've never done it. Um, <laughs> but I, when I see something I love crazy, like I want to crush it to my body and destroy it. And I was reading about this and it's something that, and oh, I've said this to people and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it's super normal. It's when we're just so stimulated by something. And maybe that was it for you. Like maybe it was your version of wanting to bite her head off, you know? Yeah. Maybe I just wanted to, yeah, like cosmically consume mm-hmm. and therefore lost boundaries of self. Yeah. And maybe this is, maybe you guys are going to orbit each other and maybe next time, maybe you'll work something out before next time, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. Think about. Yeah. I mean, it does, it makes me feel less crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very important. 
It makes me feel, I, I don't know if any, I mean, I would be interested if anyone else has ever had that experience. I mean, please reach out to us and let me know that because I would, there yeah. is comfort in numbers to a degree when it comes to experiencing something that makes you, it makes you feel, it does make you feel crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel crazy in the moment when it's happening to where I'd have to, I have like, I have, I'm like, I have to look away from her. Holy shit. Like I can't look at her. I have no idea what that could be. Uh, I wanted yeah. to touch on something you said. That psychic who told you that sh- you could pay her to remove stuff. I just want everybody to know that that is always bullshit. There's no cleaning an aura. That's one that in New York. Okay. This is super important too. Those psychic storefronts, uh, they're prostitution rings. Those women on the phone in there are not phone psychics. They're sending prostitutes to dudes for money. And I know this because I lived in New York a long time and I was broke ass poor and I hung out with some shady people and um, they were doing this. And when you go into one of those storefronts, those women, they yeah, they know how to deal with you and they're going to tell you some bullshit about your life and charge you money. But the purpose of that storefront is to uh, like launder money. I've always wondered how they stayed in business. Oh, they're all bullshit. All of them. I was them. like, how can they make enough money yeah, to have this it, real estate that, yeah, spot? Because they're selling drugs. And so is and that the sex. same way here in Los Angeles? You know, I wonder about that. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like they're not real. I feel like real psychics don't need a neon sign. You know what I mean? I wonder about the small towns. Ooh. Where you see like a psychic storefront. That's a small town though. So yeah. I feel like that might actually have a chance of being more legitimate maybe. Maybe. I would think so. Well, Casadega for sure. But that the, they don't but have it's not. Signs. It's definitely not going to be like a human trafficking yeah. operation necessarily yeah. as much as it is in New York City. That's uh-huh. gar- almost guaranteed it's a human trafficking yeah. situation. And a psychic is not a healer. I mean, I... I would love to get myself clean enough. Not (laughs) like I'm on drugs or anything, but like I have to purify my soul if I would want to become a healer. And um, Sarah, our shaman has told me like I I could be a healer. I am. I was born to heal people and I, I would love to get there. Um, But a healer just tells you the work to do and they can realign your chakras and do Reiki and all that really great stuff. But like, all the work to lift that shit off of us, we do. We do the work, you know? That's the hard part to accept. Yeah, yeah, because it would be so easy to just give somebody 200 like, bucks. I want to go into the Western world doctor, mm-hmm. be given the pill or yeah. the thing, and yep. now I want to be, now I'm a pure beacon of light and love, and yeah. I didn't have to do anything. I just kind of, I woke up oh, Tuesday man. filthy, yeah, and, and then, then I go to sleep Tuesday What pure. is the point of coming here over and over? Like, what's the point of achieving any of our goals and cleaning our karma up? Like, well, there would be no point. So it is all work, but we are super powerful and can do it all. Um, I think one of the ways you can really tell you're on a good path of, because I'm experiencing this currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm still kind of in the beginning stages of it. But when it comes to the healing work that you need to do, that we all need to do, I think you you know when you're on the right path. Your yeah. intuition, you connect your intuition yes, a little yeah. bit. But you also, cause, because the, I, the prospects of it become exciting to you. Mm-hmm. And therefore you become, and we all go through dark periods where we lose motivation and all these other yep. things. Yeah. But in regards to doing like real big healing work on yourself that's profound and that's needed, you 
get excited about it. Yes. Now it becomes a stimulation, a stimulation, yeah. a project that you can't wait to get your hands dirty mm-hmm. with again. Yeah. When it comes to fixing or piecing back together, because I know I'm in that. I just did the 24 hours of silence. Yeah. Uh, where I'm supposed to be practicing an hour of non-judgment every day, that sometimes I forget, and I'm, I'm, I have to do better on that. But mm-hmm. the 24 hours of silence was amazing because people do weekend retreats, people do the vinyasa retreats mm-hmm. for three, four weeks longer. So 24 hours is nothing, but you still can learn so much in the 24 hours. Just like what is my brain saying all the time? <laughs> what is my mind constantly talking about up there? And it's a fucking race. It's like a NASCAR track up there. Whoa. It's like just like zoom, zoom, zoom. There's, yeah. It's constant. Like there is no rest for the what is it? Rest for the wicked. Rest for the weary. Rest for the west weary. For the rest for the <laughs> weary. And uh, west for the weary. The <laughs> <laughs> west for the weary. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so it's like I was just like man, and most of it's bullshit. It is bullshit. All of it's bullshit. We for the are most part. we are our biggest tormentors. Nobody will ever be meaner, crueler to me than I am to myself and same with you like we are we are the worst enemy that we have there's nobody who's harder on us than ourselves and I think that that is the stupidest thing we can spend our time doing because we fought so hard to get these bodies we worked so hard to get here and then to suffer from body shame but my god like we have such a gift in our bodies our bodies are so great they have orgasms we can run running feels so good like <laughs> dancing i don't understand like right now i, I think wanna... for most of us it just stops it like they have orgasms <laughs> there I, it is what else do you really I, need well and i um want to get back into kickboxing because you know i have that dream of kicking someone to death who an attacker an attacker yeah um but i i want to i feel so good when i punch and kick stuff and i'm just like it's not even like i feel safer or i feel like i i i I feel strong i feel strong but i feel strong in all the ways you know um yeah, I don't know how I got on the body. Well, it all goes back to like, what are the th- what's the narrative that we have in our mind? What are the thoughts that we have going yes. on in our brain? Yes, and, there it is. And like for me, it ties into like I, whether you're talking about magic or uh, meditation to me is magic um, or any of these other systems or modalities. Mm-hmm. It all comes about like meditation. Yeah, it's all like in like what is what's happening in the mind? What are the mm-hmm. words? What are the thoughts? And the most interesting thing I discovered, even though it hurts my ego, which I'd love to just get rid of the ego completely, right? I'd like to kick that to death. Even though it hurts my ego to say this out loud, the most interesting thing I discovered about all of my thoughts in that 24-hour period were how uninteresting they were. (laughs) That's so great. That's so great. It's like that. the most interesting thing is how uninteresting and unoriginal and just so boring. Uh Like I am going over in my mind, I'm replaying scenarios from a month ago, six months ago, seven years ago Mm -hmm. about a conversation that I had that I could have said different things. But this isn't like some profound turning point in my life. Like if I would have said this instead of that, it would have changed everything. This is something as basic as someone holds the door open for me at a coffee shop I'm walking into. And instead of saying, thank you, I, what would have happened if I said, I appreciate you. Like, 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 that's the same thing. bro. Like, why am I spending so much time thinking about replaying that? So I'm time traveling. That's a really good. Right. So do you think about things that could have, um, 
uh, made someone feel better? Is that what you're saying? Like, if no, you said, no, I'm saying basically okay. to me, like, thank you and I appreciate you. Like, to me, those are synonymous <laughs> with each other, okay. right? So instead of saying hello, I said hi. Yeah. Like, like, why am I re? That's what my mind chooses to focus on: replaying a situation that is that has ab- and, and maybe I'm underestimating the profound effect of the subtlety of the universe and mm. the slightest change, right? And sure, okay, we can have that. Yeah. As an aside, that's uh-huh. fine. But ultimately, what we're dealing with here is uh, these are just symptoms of a mind that cannot stop racing because if it's not racing, then it has to confront the natural or the the honest reality of what it is and then unlocking the power that is within it. But that has so much responsibility and therefore work that goes with it. So it's easier to have these trained brains to never stop racing. And to the point where I'm thinking about shit that is like so inconsequential from a year ago or future scenarios that will never happen. I'm hearing you say this and I'm like, damn, my thoughts are pretty good. I'm like, I don't think I, 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 I mean, mine are, um, I'm so if overstimulated. I, it's yeah. Like, it's like the stock exchange, uh, well, and there, uh, like the floor yeah. of the stock exchange inside yeah. my brain. And there are many times where I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I should have some caffeine. And I'm like, why do I need to be waked? Uh, why do I need to wake myself up right now? What do I need to be awake for? Like I'm doing something mundane. I don't need my creative juices to be pumping. Like why, why, why is that my go-to get caffeine? Like that's something I reeled in. Um, my thoughts, man, I guess I'm in a good place, but, uh, I get really bored with myself sometimes where see, that's the thing too. Yeah. Like after being awake for 10 hours Mm -hmm. and trying to sift through all the chaos of the mundane and just the boring that's Mm -hmm. happening over and over and over again. At one point I start, I started, uh, I don't know if I was supposed to do this or not, but I did some things like I cleaned up a little bit and I, I, uh, oiled some boots (laughs) As one will yeah, on a day I, of yeah, silence. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like very Amish all yeah. of a sudden. <laughs> I'll oil some boots today. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and dream of a cabinet I'll build. <laughs> like, I don't, I, mean, I don't know what else. I so shopped for hinges online. <laughs> and, um, so then eventually later, and I did some meditation, obviously, at mm-hmm. different points of the day. Um, when the brain finally starts to slow down a little bit, and my mind and my thoughts are you know, decreasing in their severity or their, or whatever, their frequency, Mm -hmm. I start to realize like, oh, it's, this isn't boring necessarily. What's happening all of a sudden. It's calm. It's content. And that's the thing that the biggest breakthrough I probably had outside of the uninteresting thoughts that Mm -hmm. occupy 99.9% of my, my mind all the time is the difference between content and content like instead of like we are meant to be content we yes. are, we're not meant to be creating content but as a creative person if i'm not constantly creating ideas on what can be content or what can make me money to survive and pay yes. my rent and all this kind of stuff i feel like that void that space mm-hmm. is it's like oh now you're an uninteresting artist now you're boring. I want to throw. Now you're I you're going throw nowhere. Another one in there. Um, I deal with content sometimes. Oh. Where, where I'm like, I will. Uh, I've always had this um, attitude of 
entertaining people who aren't there. Like when I was a kid, I would sing and dance all in my room and I'm like, somebody's into this. And I really felt my, <laughs> my spirit guides were, they're into it. They're into it. <laughs> I know, I know. That is such a great, the problem with this is, and it's not a, it's, it's not a bad problem. It's a good right. problem. The problem with knowing this now is in like in hearing it resonating with it and believing uh-huh. that it could be true and is true is now there's <laughs> you have a free pass to just be like always being this oh yeah 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 somebody's into and it yeah you know and i, I mean? have <laughs> i have really great self-esteem really great confidence which are very different things as you know many people will realize like a, a person with confidence can hit on somebody but they might not have the self-esteem to really love the person later you know or themselves um but I would say some days when I am really on and I'm alone and I'm talking, you know, to the cats, but really I know somebody else is here with me, um, I will straight up annoy myself. And I'm like, I am sorry, you guys, this person is obnoxious where I'm just like too on sometimes. And then I get really cunty towards myself and I'm like, you are so unlovable. And then I'm like, whoa, where did that? What? It, what? I this am escalated. not. This escalated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, nobody wants to be around you. You don't even want to be around yourself. And I'm like, those, th- then you have to, of course, like squash that voice. And we all have that voice. But yeah, I would say, um, I, I think I prefer the days I feel very entertaining to the days when I'm totally annoying myself. But that's the struggle for me too. Like, cause I do the same thing. I'll, you know, I'll get to the self and I'll tell myself to shut the fuck up already. Yes! Like, I say that's, yeah. like oh, the yeah, day yeah. of silence thing. I realized like I talk to myself out loud mm. a lot yeah. all the time. Constantly. And I think, I think if everyone were, were honest with themselves, and maybe I'm being delusional here. Maybe it's just because of the people I'm surrounded by in my life, <laughs> <laughs> but everybody does this. Yeah. And, but when I realized the the thing that's like, oh, we we are meant for contentment. Yeah. Not yes. we are not meant to make content. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not who we are. No. And so then the struggle becomes as a creative type of well, then what do you do? Do you move to the woods and be silent and never speak to anyone ever again? And, and th- that's not what this is about. It's about contentment is I think found once you realize you're doing everything you can to be true to who you are mm-hmm. and what your dreams may be yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And if your dreams happen to be entertaining people, making people laugh, etc., then contentment can be found in the true pursuit of that. Yes, absolutely. And I I think I honestly believe most uh the the comedians and funny people I know do it because they love it. And then you see great success come to other people and it's like, okay, I want that too. But I really, the people I surround myself with love what they do. I do have some people, I'm having a hard time right now where I I have people who don't do anything and they talk about doing stuff and I can't do, I can't be around that. I can't, like it's, it'll infect me, you know? But the people I know who are doing shit and are excited about it and sometimes sad too and worn down by it but still doing it my god that is like oxygen to me I'm so inspired by it um my writing partner Brandy Posey uh fucking phenomenal human being and just like goes 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 and I I marvel I've, I've known her since she graduated college and I wrote a movie that she worked on and that's how we met and I I I feel like I saw her become this powerhouse of of a comic and just, I mean, 
she's not super successful yet. She's going to be because she will not stop until she is. And there are so many people in LA like that. And it's super inspiring. I mean, I, I live for that. That's, that's, that's a great way to describe into. it as oxygen. Yeah. It's like, it really is oxygen filling up your creative lungs. And yeah. Brandy Posey, if you don't know Brandy, I mean, you should, because yeah. look her up, check her out. She's one of the, I think it was one of the first shows if not the first show I did after I moved to Los Angeles was her show. She had a show at a bowling alley, the All-Star yes. Lanes, and it was called 4 and 20. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I saw that And it was four comics show. doing 20 minutes. Yep. And that was one of the first shows, I think, if not the first show I ever did in Los Angeles. Wow. You know, it's funny. I hear a lot of people say to me, like, how Brandy gave them a, a shot when they first got here and how kind she was to them. And she is. She is She is pure love. Um I, I seriously, I came back after Christmas and I was like, listen, I know I throw the term best friends around. You are my best friend. You are the best friend I have in this world. She is. She is the goodest person I know. Brandy Posey. Um, you can also listen to her on Lady to Lady, which is a really fun podcast. Yeah. And uh, she's she's great. She's so funny. Yeah. Too. Pisces, like, Leo yeah. Moon, all the best things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Brandy Posey fan. She's also a there. Master 11. Uh, she was a druid in a former life. Oh, which is this very is interesting. Obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I need to get into this past life stuff more. I'm really interested in the past life scenarios and like the things that I've done. But like, because when it comes to communicating with our mm. past self, or not even communicating with our past. That'd be interesting. But um, I mean, if time is not linear, then in fact, you know, one would think that maybe it might be possible, but I don't know if it could be possible. I mean, if we're, I think, I think you could probably pull it off maybe, but like communicating with the, the, the spirit guides, like uh -huh. the dancing, like somebody's into this, right? Yeah. Like this is a communication that's happening between you and let's just say the other side. Mm -hmm. Or to me, that's always fascinating. Like oh, the yeah. implications there are... They're the most profound implications you could have in this world we're currently living in where everything seems so restricted and this is the reality of, of life, blah, blah, blah. This is what you do. This is <laughs> yeah. how you do it. But when it comes to like however you want to communicate with the other side, I don't know. You've you've done lots of things. Like when it comes to me and my experience with that, it's mostly, I remember the Ouija, the first time I did the Ouija board oh, when yeah, I was yeah. like in grade school. And you guys don't do the Ouija board ever. Don't do Ouija board ever. <laughs> So you're 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 oh, very anti. We, this had, is where we we I, might we have different points of view on this because I'm I'm although I mean I could be I'm obviously I've changed my mind about lots of things in mm -hmm. life but I I love the Ouija board I've got one in my trunk I don't keep it in the house because my roommate doesn't my my brother um, bought me this really cool uh, uh, it's a vintage reproduction of a Ouija board for Christmas a couple years ago when I opened it he's like don't you love it because when I was a kid I played with them like crazy and I saw it and I was like oh my god why would he give this to me like, <laughs> and I, I don't think anybody ever played with it I don't think it had anything attached to it but I um, I had a bunch of bathrooms in my house at the time so I made a psychic bathroom and I mounted it to the wall and like it was fun it was fun but I am really adamant about not using Ouija boards because um, well you know I let like lots of stuff in that stayed with me for a long unhealthy time i also think that was why i was always having to invoke the name jesus christ to get rid of evil things because i played with ouija boards too much um but i i think i might have told you a story um i every time i go into occult shops there's somebody in there who's got a message for me <laughs> and it's sometimes just like a really nice little thing you know but um those those are the people i'm i'm gonna definitely have a quick uh, instant relationship with um i went into one and 
creepy fucking dude comes up to me and uh still I'm very grateful for this this guy and says uh hey you've been playing with Ouija boards huh and I was like what like what is this some kind of weird opening and um and and I was like yeah I mean who doesn't were you looking at Ouija boards at the time in the store there were Ouija boards in there but it wasn't but like I, you I were like at a case of Ouija boards. No, I don't okay. think so. I think we were looking for candles or something. Okay, got it. And um, he could like see my aura. Was yeah, because that's different than like someone walking up to you, like at like uh, you're at the Ouija board case. <laughs> yeah. He's like, so you've been yeah, playing with be, Ouija boards, huh? Yeah. Like that's <laughs> yeah, an easy. That that's an be, easy. Tell. And that would definitely be a, a pickup line in that yeah, case yeah. too. But uh, yeah, I think my aura was all funked up. Um, cause they're like, that's also how you see, how you can tell somebody's indigo or crystal, like your aura reveals that stuff. And, um, and I, I was immediately defensive and I, I was young. I was probably like 21 and, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, whatever. And, and he goes, uh, and, and I, I tried to turn away from him. He goes, let me ask you something. You, uh, having dreams about people, having sex dreams about people, but, but you can't see their faces. It was like a stabby chilly like icicle on my heart when he said that because I had been having crazy sex dreams and like orgy sex dreams and I couldn't see anybody's faces and I was really freaked out I was really scared I should have asked him how to make it stop but I just left really fast and um, then after that all kinds of stuff started coming in like things were touching me things were hurting me um, this is also, I was in Pittsburgh and that is a horrible place. If you attract ghosts, don't fucking go to Pittsburgh. If you are at all a ghost seeker or I, I, what is that? Like a ghost magnet, I guess. I, I don't know, but I was, I've never been more haunted in my life or touched or hurt, which, you know, when people say to you, they can't hurt you. That is bullshit. They can, they're, they're, maybe they're not necessarily ghosts because uh, we should talk about that subhuman and how I trapped it in the wall. Um, yeah, the difference between human and inhuman mm-hmm. spirits. That's uh, there's a great book called Demonologist or the Demonologist uh, about Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are like the most famous, you know, paranormal investigators. Yeah. Ed is a demonologist, and Lorraine, who's a psychic, they yeah, made a great. They, yeah. they started doing ghost investigations, or as people call ghost hunting. That's a little aggressive for me. I don't like that. Yeah, word. I don't like Bigfoot hunting either. It sounds like yeah. you're gonna shoot him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. They, they were starting in the forties. So like they were doing paranormal vacation long, long time. And everybody knows the Amityville horror, the conjuring, the Annabelle doll, those things. Those are the, the Annabelle doll was actually Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. And they couldn't use it (laughs) for the, but they talk about the, in that book it's laid out, I think in the demonologist community, the people like whether you're a priest who does exorcists, I mean, a priest who does exorcisms, would also be considered a demonologist. I mm-hmm. guess that would be like one of their skill sets. Here's something, right? yeah, and I just want to throw this out there because uh, Brandy, my best friend Brandy, and I were talking about this just last you night. You can ask her right now. <laughs> you can, <laughs> you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were talking, I have such a funky vibe about Catholicism. Um, they're the only ones that seem to really acknowledge or deal with demons. And that, that kind of rubs me in a weird way. Like, how do they know? Um, also, they attract all the fucking child rapists, which is strange. Why is it a beacon for that? And I, I mean, there are professions that attract w- the worst people, you know, like prison guards, priests, um, some some cops, you know, like there are professions that attract a creepy element. Yeah, it's those... I th- 
I think, a, and I don't have the answer, but I think a lot of it is like you are now, you are a position of power. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's an empowering position. And it's also a sanctuary. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's power, but it's also unquestioned. Yep. And I think, too, because Catholicism has so much guilt and shame is the motivator. It's not like other Christianities where, uh, you know, uh, love thy neighbor is the focus. Um, but that you are uh, like there's a there's a penitence. That's really weird because that's not that doesn't feel that none of it feels right. But also when you mix Catholicism with voodoo, that's the blackest magic that exists. And what the fuck is that? Like you're mixing you're basically mixed like because Jesus is this great powerful thing we can call upon whatever he is you know whatever that is that you could make it bad and have like a bloodshed thing where you're cutting up a chicken you know cutting off its head it's something you know and invoking these saints from Catholicism how how it can that be a good thing if it can bring like the darkest stuff and conjure demons and all that like I have a. I get really creeped out by Catholicism. I somewhere on the somewhere, somewhere along the way, the power structure, yeah, the hierarchy of power, those yeah. at the top of Catholicism, yep. steered it into the direction where it ended up today. And lots of people made really bad decisions. And not to mention, at the heart of it all, I think is, and these are just theories of mine, mm-hmm. and. Because there's all these different secret societies too that I'm super fascinated oh, with. Yeah. I hope to be talking to a um, a, a female member of the Rosicrucians, Ooh. Um, which uh, I think I already have one who's a friend of mine, um, but it's never been legitimately like, or it's never been like, I've never said you're a Rosicrucian, yeah, and to the point where she said yes, but I'm like. 99% sure she is because she'll like message me some really interesting like you should read this book nobody knows about it blah 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 because you said something blah 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 on your podcast. and so but this is a different person who reached out so but these things are all tied into like Catholicism yeah. and Christianity to some degree and like the Knights Templar and the Freemasons and all this kind of oh, shit yeah. but you've got the Vatican and the Vatican Library which has it's like this power center, mm-hmm. this drug, and money, it's rich, like this, it's rich, like, rich in wealth. It's like a nuclear bomb of magic. Yes, yes. And whatever is happening in the Vatican Library, because you're not allowed access to it. I have theories that they have all kinds of they have when it comes to mystical, magical mm-hmm. oh, objects, I'm sure. powerful I, objects, absolutely, yeah. Like the Holy Grail, yep. um, you know, the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. We've got shit, and like when the United States went into Iraq. Uh, Back in the early 2000s, uh, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure I got the timeline wrong. Basically, what happened is the Library of Alexandria, which was this ancient library, right? That w- That's in, if I'm not mistaken, that's the name of it. That That's located in Iraq. So the United States, apparently, this is a legend I heard. This is a story I hear. When we show up, one of the first things on our agenda when we go to the Middle East and declare war is we show up at the library of Alexandria because it's got like Saddam had control over this library, which had like the greatest collection of of all the knowledge in the history of the earth, like artifacts, all kinds. Of, this is some Indiana what Jones type fuck? shit, right? Yeah. So we show up, but apparently it's already been like the guards that were already there in advance are they're all dead. And the place is cleaned out. What? Where did you read or hear? Um, somewhere along the way of being in all this paranormal 
mm-hmm. like you know the paranormal world in the ufology community and like ghosts and all the it it's, it bleeds into conspiracy new world order illuminati that those yeah, two worlds yeah. are just so intertwined so you have the library of alexandria which was the greatest library in the history of the earth is is looted i believe that the vatican <gasps> is in the Vatican Library, they have things. They have these, like that warehouse in the Indiana Jones movies, see this where movie. all these yeah. crazy haunted yep. or magical yeah. objects are. Um, that's what's going on there. So when I think, what, that's why I think Catholicism. To get back to the point, mm. that's why I think Catholicism has this tinge to you, because I think, like, at its heart, like there is this powerful belief and knowledge of the power of like magic. Yeah. Uh, different than like some religions are just like you know believe in the power of jesus and we'll heal you yeah like when it comes to the vatican and you know all this other shit it's like no this is like really high level occult stuff yeah i like that i would also say though too because you know i wasn't exposed to religion growing up i'm really lucky in that sense i could find everything for myself but um my intuition for catholic of catholicism I've always gotten like a very bad vibe where um, uh, I I mean, I would compare it to this cemetery in Edinburgh where they had to lock the gate because the ghosts were being so aggressive with people. They used to give ghost tours and they were like scratching people and pulling their hair and um, they had to shut it down. And when I went there, I knew that they used to give ghost tours and I was walking around. I was like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. And then I saw this gate that was locked and I went over there and there was enough room that I could uh, like, kind of like shimmy but the 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 chain was around the gates and I could kind of get in between them and I put half my body and I was going to go in there and go feel the stuff I got half my body in there and I was like fuck this I'll get killed like I felt like something so aggressive that and malicious was on the other side of those gates I could actually feel it that is honestly how I always feel about Catholic churches um nuns and priests are just like I mean I get really, I know they're not all bad people. I know plenty of them are trying to serve a greater good and, and that's why they're there. But I just have always gotten a really bad vibe. And, um, the other thing I would say, you know, I, I, uh, my first husband was Mormon. My second husband was ex Mormon. This is bizarre. They both had Tourette's fucking bizarre. I don't know how that is. That is my path, but it was, um, Mormonism, horrible deep-rooted shame. Um, I'm just going to say, like, lots of sexual issues, like, lots of um, I think I need to be fucked by dudes stuff, which I think is super normal. We all get to go explore that. Usually, like, growing up, you get the opportunity to do that. Mormons shut it down so hard that I think they don't they don't know then what they're attracted to they don't know what they're supposed to be like there's just such a block i think catholicism kind of does that more but they both have very like punish i mean mormonism not as much but like there's such a punishment for things like it's so it's so and sex which is the most normal thing my mom used to always let us watch sex scenes in movies like what she did not care boobs whatever she didn't care she wouldn't let us watch violence and she would always say, you're going to have sex someday, but hopefully you're not going to go shoot up a whole group of people. And I loved that. I mean, that I'm very lucky that I got that in my childhood. But I think when 
people are telling you like you're bio you're you're designed to go have sex you're designed to go breed and puberty is the horniest you're ever going to be and then there's someone telling you that it's evil I mean that is I also feel like that's kind of what happened to Jeffrey Dahmer a little bit too but <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering we're 44 when, minutes in when, before, when was, before Jeffrey when gets was mentioned. poor Jeffrey um yeah but that I think I think Catholicism has damaged a lot of people uh, more so than Mormonism, but I think just they're both bad. They're bad. I don't tell kids not to touch their freaking genitals. Touch your genitals. Rub them on other people. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Like, I, I just well, maybe with some discretion on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, uh, <laughs> use protection. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't be kids running around like rubbing your boners on things. Well, well kids already I know, uh, subconsciously. Maybe boys do that anyway yeah exactly uh, exactly and but yeah there is deep shame with all of that that is kind of and i think because i think i think because i think uh i guess that's true but there is when it comes to the empowerment of generally what magic does for people mm-hmm. and like what are these uh, like esoteric systems and these mystery schools and whether it's freemasonry or you know chaos magic mm-hmm. or some people are looking for systems to find answers and to have empowerment yeah and sex is one of the most powerful energies that you can you can put into the world so specifically the catholic church and other religions and other people who try to limit that they they understand they understand the power yeah that's a really good that's why they're trying to they're trying to put a cap on your power because now you need them for power. Damn, Ryan. Because yeah. they're the conduit for information. They're the they have access to the Godhead. The priest is the one who speaks directly for mm-hmm. God on God's behalf yeah, for the, the, the congregation. Yeah, the priest tells you how much you should pay for your sins. Not exactly. even like your higher your guide or anything. Which was the so one weird. thing about Catholicism I liked growing up. Like I can do whatever I want as long as I ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> But like the the joke around young Catholic kids is like you just have to make sure you don't die unexpectedly because then you're fucked. Ah, that's you just so have funny. to make sure you get one confession session in yeah. before you die, <sighs> and then you're clear. It's so crazy. Whenever I watch a documentary or anything, even um, what was it? The Young Pope. Did you watch that? No, I it's didn't. Really beautiful. That was with like Ewan McGregor or somebody. No, it's Ewan uh, McGregor. Uh, what's his name? Jude Jude Law. Or Jude Law. Yeah. Yeah. It was not what I thought it was going to be. Super weird. And uh, to anybody who's interested in that sort of thing, like watch it. The, each episode gets different. So if the first one you're like completely unnerved as I was, just stick with it if you're interested because it is gorgeous. It gets so beautiful, very loving, not Catholic, just sort of like a a beautiful kind of humanistic story about a pope, which I'm not into. And I loved it. Um what was the thing you just said a minute ago, though? Something about the the control of sexual energy and power. I I really love that, and I think that that is why. Also, the reason why I think um, feeling sexy is everything for magic. I think that that is the best in, intention you can put in is like a sexual not not like to get somebody to have sex with you, but like um, the way I do it, where I like <laughs> I just had to buy. Uh, dark curtains for the place I'm subletting because I'm going to do some crazy ass naked magic in there and it's like street <laughs> level in Echo Park so I don't even today I was getting dressed and I'm like there are so many hobos digging through the trash right now I have to put a robe on like it's it's just a little too exposed but naked magic um mirrors I use a lot of mirrors in my magic um and I like I I don't think I always liked me but like I like I like the way I look I like my body 
Um, but can we talk about mirrors for a second? Yes. Mirrors are a tool used in magic for you specifically because do you believe that they're opening like, I mean, some people think the mirrors are like gateways to another dimensions and things I like believe, that. But like, what's, yeah. what's the, when I, what's the mirror thing for you? When, when I talk into the mirror and I'm looking at myself, there's, there's definitely something else that I'm talking into. Like, it's like a mouthpiece. And the other thing I was going to say, too, I mean, it's like, it's like carrying a message to something for sure. But, um, I also feel very safe with mirrors. Um, uh, I, I don't think I'm I don't, not Ouija board style, but the other thing I would say is um, I think I have come to love myself more from doing this magic where I'm I'm constantly dealing like I'm looking in a mirror and I'm getting beautiful for me and whoever's going to help me with what I'm doing. You know, um, I think that it's a really great way to get more excited about yourself. And uh, has I, anyone else ever showed up? For you in the mirror when you're doing this, um, I've just, never. Uh, it's just a random. I just, I've never seen anything, but um, my one psychic Misty told me about this guy I have right now. This like Asian ancient. Um, she thinks possibly Japanese. She she couldn't tell me what his name was, but she said it meant the moon. His name, um, but apparently I got like some great guide right now who's in on all of it, like there for all my moon magic, and she told me she's like. It was funny because I don't go in there and say like, hey, I'm doing all this moon magic. But she's like, you're doing a lot of moon magic and you need to be asking him for help because he's really eager to get more involved. And I thought that was great. And I don't know his name. I'm just like, hey, moon spirit. <laughs> like, you know? And it's nice. And, you know, I, it's funny, too, because I think I told you this recently. My one of my spirit guides, I'm pretty positive, is my uncle Denny. Did I tell you this? Yeah. OK, yeah. so. Um, sometimes it's hard because I don't want to be naked with Uncle Denny. But I think Uncle Denny knows when to like, uh, yeah. you know, kind of check out. Yeah, for a second. I think so, too. And I remember this love we had when I was little. And that's the that's the and then I saw him at my grandfather's funeral. And he was super racist and, and a monster. Uh, misguided. Let's go there. Misguided. I it's fine. Um, but I remember this love I had with him and and um. And he's he's my mom's uncle, technically, but uh, I don't know. I feel like this energy is good, too, even though I'm doing something else. And the idea is also I've had sex with lots of people and he's been present. So, like, I think I think that there's a weird relationship that you kind of develop with your spirit guides that uh, you have to embrace, too, when you do this. Yeah. And it's not a crazy idea to think yeah. about this because many people have thought about this There's ray romano back when he was doing stand-up mm. so we're talking about this is the 80s ray romano has a famous bit about his grandmother in heaven <laughs> she's watching down on you she sees everything you do and he's like ah, but am I? I'm, uh, you know I'm, I, I used to be able to do a decent ray romano but, he's like, uh, but the the heart of the joke is I don't want my uh, dead grandma watching me masturbate. Uh, <laughs> that was know, better. Yeah, yeah, a little better. <laughs> a little more nasally. And so he, he's got this really funny bit about his dead grandma watching him jerk off. And, uh, and he's like, you know, like how he doesn't want that. Like, yeah. now, now I'm thinking about my grandma watching, you know. Yeah. And then so I was thinking about this a couple of days ago when I went uh, to the mountain. Mm. And I was thinking about all these spirit guides. And I was just like thinking about all the stuff I do. And like, are they there? Are they watching? Yeah. Are they there? And it's just like, oh, I don't want them there for this. But it's like, I think they understand. Like you can have like a, 
you obviously have an unspoken agreement to mm-hmm. at least verbally. It's like, hey, there's like my spirit guides don't need to be there when I'm no. taking a shit. Uh, I'll say or, too, or, yeah, or, or stuff like that. When I masturbate, um, I got all these animals, and they always want to be with me. So, um, yes, I could shut the door, but usually they will be under. The, there'll be a couple under the bed. They're everywhere. You know, I got six animals, and um, what I have to do is pull the sheet and blanket over my body and tuck it behind my head because they'll get under it too. You got to be cocooned. I have to cocoon to masturbate. And even then, they're trying to climb on top of me sometimes. Cocoonsturbate. Yeah. And, but I will say, when I'm masturbating under all my blankets, I'm like, those spirit guides, don't, there's no Uncle Denny right now. Like, this is, <laughs> this is very... This is the way it should be done. Yeah. So if you're freaked out about... Because somebody told you your grandma's with you, which... um. Our friend Tamara, I guess a bunch of her dead relatives are her spirit guides now. Um, yeah, you can just cocoon under your bedding. And <laughs> I'm sure they're not going to come under there with you knowing what you're doing. Yeah, it's like they've got, uh, and besides, they they have infinite knowledge being connected to source, let's just imagine yeah. at this point. Yeah, so, sex, they're like, that's great. Yeah, Get that. So, yeah. You're going to be without it soon. No shame. You know? No yeah. shame in your game. Yes, yeah. And sex is important. And if you don't masturbate enough, you will feel horrible and not love yourself. I really believe that. When I am funky, um, and I'll realize like I haven't, I haven't had an orgasm in like a week. That really messes me up. I think that that's what we're here for. These things, you know, we're here for um, chocolate chips. It's a good way to check your health. Mm -hmm. I think if you. If it hasn't even occurred to you, and that's not to say that people don't get busy and some people are more sexual than others. We get that. Mm-hmm. But if it occurs to you like, oh my gosh, I haven't like had an orgasm forever. <sighs> like then it's time to be like, okay, let me step back and what's going on with me? Yeah. I'm physically, um, I'm maybe I'm physically very unhealthy right now in the way I've been eating yeah. and, and, and treating well, my body recently. Goes, yeah. yeah. Um, or mentally also. Mm-hmm. Like we all know the depression can do that as well. So it's it's a question of, you know, is there there's something else going on? And that, yeah. that might be a good time to like force yourself and to like kick start it with some some of the sexy magic. Yes. I also think um the 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 touching yourself and feeling sexual and feeling like um i can do this like nobody else which should be the case i mean if you haven't figured out how to do it to yourself like nobody else can then you need to spend some time doing you know figuring that out um but i really think that that stuff gives us when i can't focus and i'm i'm trying to write i will be like you know i'm just gonna masturbate real quick and then i'll get my mind back and it really gives me clarity it gets like it like clears out a whole bunch of stuff but i'll also say it makes me feel sexy and it's like i took care of my own business you know which is also empowering (laughs) i don't need no man i do i want a man (laughs) (laughs) let's um because we're getting close here to like how we're like the time frame we want to keep these up so let's we before we forget the songs Oh, yeah. So you're going to intro your song now. Okay. And then uh, we'll drop that in uh, so people can hear. the. These are the songs uh, that... Are we just doing one each? We're just going to do one okay. each, I think, yeah. We could do more in the future, too, if we want to do another one. Yeah, like, okay, you know. let's let's do that. Okay, so I uh, love Chantal Claret, 
I dated her brother briefly. Um, she used to be the lead singer of Morningwood, and then they broke up, and now she I, she hasn't done she hasn't put anything out in a while. She's a Pisces, like Brandy Posey, and uh, amazing. I was I was actually there the night Capital signed them. Um, her brother asked me. It was it was here in LA, like in 2004, and he's like, "Will you go be an audience member?" And I got up in the front and I danced with her. It was so great, and I honestly didn't know how good they were until I saw them. But this is her, and it's called uh, Red Hot Woman. And it makes me feel real powerful and sexy. Cool. Let's check that out. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan. Just letting you know that we, due to Apple Music um, protecting the rights, obviously, of of musicians and artists and songs and things like that, we are unable to play this song for you. Um, even though we're not making money off of the podcast, we're just trying to you know, show you what songs we think are sexy or make us feel sexy. We are unable to play Chantel's song for you, so sorry about that. We didn't realize this was going to be a problem at the time. So we're just going to jump ahead uh, back to uh, back to the conversation, and then I'll intro my song, which uh, we are able to, to put in here uh, for you to listen to. So sorry about that, but, uh, you know, go check it out. Go check uh, Chantel. Uh, her song out, uh, Red Hot Woman, uh, you know, on Apple Music or wherever you can find it. It is not on Spotify either. All right. Yeah, great, right? I mean, you're probably, hopefully you're not at work getting all sexed up. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, that, go or ask maybe for a raise. Are, yeah, yeah, go ask for a raise. Right? Yeah. Get, feel sexy, ask for uh, a raise. Ask for, like, uh, don't eat my food that's yeah. got my name on it don't in the, eat in the my break room yogurt. fridge. yeah. Yeah. You bastards. Okay, so the song I picked, this song takes me back. This song, because we were discussing uh, in the previous episode about, like, how I've never really done my homework on, like, what is it that makes me feel sexy? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what do I do that makes me feel sexy? Other than maybe I think, and, like, thinking about it, I think it's like if I'm taking care of myself, if I'm physically active, if I'm like exercising and working out, that definitely contributes to me feeling sexy. Oh yeah. Um, and I think there is a, the masturbation key as well. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a definite, those things are related, um, to one another. Um, and also like to me, I don't know, being sexy is like, it's almost synonymous with being cool. Yeah. And, um, Wh- there's a musician, th- the musician I picked is, his name is Citizen Cope. And he his music is sexy to me mm-hmm. um it, it's like good music to listen to like if you're making out like to me that's oh, what yeah. makes me feel yeah. sexy. so more than because i don't because you know as a straight white guy <laughs> like i've never like really no this is a been whole, in search of is, like empowerment systems yeah. i don't feel like i have access this is something i've so, never considered yeah how so yeah. unsexy straight white guys must be walking around i mean just almost like a sexless kind of i didn't never thought of that i've never really considered it either yeah so we started having the discussion but it, like to the point where it's like you never even really think about like well how do i have to make myself sexy like that's not that it's like oh i just do the things that i'm I've been given access to do, and then I'll get everything I want. Yeah. Ooh. And, right. That's like you know, the that's the the idea the the American dream. Yes. Kind I, of thing. You know, I would also say, um, uh, I, I always say there are two reasons to love a person, like to be in love with a person. Well, uh, m- maybe not a friend love, I guess too. But there's like the person they are. Where if you read a book or watched them from afar in a film or whatever. You would love them. You'd root for them. You'd feel an attraction towards them. There's also the way they make you feel about yourself. Like, 
Uh, they make you feel like a bigger, better version of yourself. And some people only love people for one of those reasons, which is really sad. Um, but I would say it's, I think it's really important to be with people who make you feel sexy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's an empowering that's thing. That's one of the biggest, I think, components of, at least when I examine my past mm-hmm. relationships or, or relationships I, I have, it's, do I feel like, do they make me feel sexy? Yeah. Like, like and part of that is wanted. Part uh-huh. of that is attractive. Part of that is stimulating yeah. in other ways as well. Yeah. And I think that's, so for me, like sexy is more kind of like a mood situation, like a setting yeah. more than like a personal viewpoint, which, mm-hmm. which is something I'm going to work on, uh, you know, cause I think it, it would be, it behoove me to, <laughs> to have like a personal viewpoint of sexy as opposed to like, make it, make it sexy. The setting is sexy. Yes. But this song particularly kind of sets a mood in a setting. Uh, so when I think about sexy, so I'm just gonna have to examine music in a different way from yeah. here on out. But so let's listen to the song somehow by Citizen Cope off the Every Waking Moment album. Oh, and before uh, we do, I'll tell you, my one of mo- one of my girlfriends from when I was younger, mm-hmm. not that long ago, who introduced me to this music. I was on the road, and she went to go see Citizen Cope in Cincinnati by herself. And then afterwards, she's like, oh, yeah, it was funny. Citizen Cope, I was at the show. Afterwards, everybody was kind of clearing out. Citizen Cope bought me a shot and, like, wanted, like, talking to me. She's like, I met him. And I was like, and my first instinct was, oh, did you fuck him? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like one of the, the one time where I was like, like you wanted how cool her? would it have been? Yeah. If, like, so to Good me, I was like, you. I was like, oh, man, Citizen Cope, like, wanted my girlfriend. Yeah. And, yes. like, and he's the cool, sexiest, kind of like that. Yes. So I was like, oh, I must be. That's amazing. I must that's be a, cool and that's sexy. A, and that's that's a great that's great. I mean, yeah. it's great that you weren't crazy possessive and that you could enjoy it the way she enjoyed it. Yeah, spoiler you know? alert, she did not have sex with him. Oh wow. Um but uh I couldn't tell what that was, if that was no. the, the door or not. It felt like it was above us. Somebody knocked on the front door, I think. Um maybe it's a package delivery. Maybe let me pause this real quick. Or let's <laughs> let's drop the song in now. Okay. Together and 
So that was Citizen Cope. Um, so that I think that's a good song. Mm-hmm. That's like a good like Super we're sexy. on the couch, you know. Yeah. Acting like we're watching Netflix. Yeah. Um, show. Let me write that down real quick. Okay. So cool. Um, well, yeah. So hopefully you're gonna get out there and you know get plugged in, feel the power, get sexy. Yeah. Up. Yeah. And it's. Uh, it we'll y- talk more about the Ouija board stuff too later. We can get yeah. into another episode in the future. I, but I also uh, uh, I know I've mentioned it before. Ghost of a podcast. Um, I think her name is Jessica. I've only been listening for a couple weeks, um, and I, I'm obviously not listening for her name. Um, she just did a podcast about her birthday and how she just turned 44, and I didn't know this. She talked about a physical deformity she has. So one of her eyes is not, like, it doesn't open all the way or something, and she's Canadian, and she could have had surgery to fix it. Um, when I when I started listening to the podcast, I'm like, this isn't about astrology. B- by the end of it, I was shouting... It was when I was driving over here. I was shouting and I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, we need more of this. We need, sh-. And she's like, I don't, 
I was defined by my deformity in a way that like I could do whatever I wanted because she didn't she didn't get the surgery like and um, she obviously feels great about herself. She's a very confident speaker and like just badass lady. But um, I thought that was amazing. And I'm thinking like I would have gotten the surgery, you know, like I, w- I would have totally done that. And I and I don't know what that says about me. Like if I if she's stronger, she's cooler. May I feel like maybe that is what it says about her. Um, her priorities are maybe better than mine. But she is she's you can tell she feels sexy. This woman feels sexy and she has a fucking physical deformity on her face and does not care and thinks that it served her better in her lifetime having it, which is I mean, I, I don't remember which episode it is, but um, it's her birthday episode. I'm sure it's in the description. Um. I think everybody should listen to it. It is it is super empowering. And it's like, we all have something we feel is our deformity, you know? And let it define you in a good way. I thought that was incredible. Yeah, there is something to be said about these things that are like the worst things that ever happened to us. And then in hindsight, they, they turn out to be the greatest things that ever happened yeah. to us. And there's they do the mind measurements or the brain measurement tests like the EKG or whatever I think that might be hard but um, there's scientific studies where people will be asked about like the worst thing that's ever happened to them in their life that now consider them to be like oh this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me it turns out because of blah 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 blah. and they measure the brain waves and the brain waves register as if they are describing like this is the oh dude I won the lottery this is like the best thing that's ever happened to me so like their experience and like where they believe it to be now, yeah. Um, you know, through because time can change and reshape. Yeah. So she honestly, she honestly knows that that's the best thing that ever happened to her. Or, yeah. Or, or, or she's glad that she, you know, so she's exactly who she's supposed to be because that's who she mm-hmm. became and that's who she loves to be. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was really beautiful. So it doesn't I don't think it necessarily means that she's better than you or anything like that. Yeah. I think but she was, it's, it's a different path. Yeah, exactly. And she was young and it was at a time when, uh, you know, you're, you're, you don't know yet who you are. So you're more defined by your looks. And I just am so impressed. That and that's definitely more of a, and I mean, it does happen to men as well, but it's definitely stronger oh, yeah. for women yeah, in women. society. And just because society defines something by, a certain word, it doesn't mean we have to have ownership of that word. I think it's important as a creative type in, in our industry to like, I don't, I really try not to let other people define what my success is for me. Yeah. Like, oh, you need to have this and this and this to be yeah. successful. It's like, no, 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 you don't get to be in charge of Mm-mm. what makes me happy. Yeah, good for you. So like deformity is a word that yeah. society has chosen for what happened to her. Yeah. That doesn't mean she has to agree that that's the word. No, no. And just to be clear, I only use that word because she used that word. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. probably, I, I mean, I, But that's what the world would, the, but that's, yeah. honestly, that's the world, that's the world's word for mm-hmm. whatever this thing oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, don't hang out with a lot of people who are, but I, I honestly don't know many materialistic people or people focused. Uh, I am close to few because of, um, history and DNA, but, um, I don't choose that. I think it's like a really unhealthy focus. Um, but when people have a journey like that, I mean, that's a full on journey. It's inspirational. It is. It is. And that's what I'm here for. Like I want, I, I don't think I would register the good brainwaves yet with some of my damage. I would love to be in that place. I think that that's incredible. Well, I think that's the beauty of living. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because we have to live to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And like we were talking about at the very beginning, it's this process of healing. Yeah. You have to do the work. But when the work is right, you get excited about yeah. it and you're ready to do it. And so I, I uh, recently started to uh, think about my body as a vehicle and um, kind of more like a car I've had for a long time, you know, um, and things that happened to my body didn't actually happen to me. And I actually feel that way about a lot of things that have hurt me. And I don't know when I crossed over into this. Like now it's like, I still want to take care of my body. I still want it to look great because I get it for, you know, X amount years more. But when I started to see it as like a, like a car, you know, like not a, not a thing that is actually attached to who I am so much. Um, it just, it, it erased damage and self-consciousness and, yeah, I I don't I don't know how I got there though. I think I think that that is also the work of meditation and healing and paying attention to things like your chakras and your your auras and you know pay, put more focus on that stuff, and the body stuff just falls away. I mean, I had this horrible birthmark removed off the back of my leg when I was eighteen, and the the doctor was a hack and it was too big. It should have been a skin graft, and they um. It kept tearing open. So I have this really gnarly scar like under my butt cheek that was a big brown birthmark. So it was always a joke that like, oh, Angie pooped your pants. You know, I hated that too. But now I'm like, what the fuck? It looked like a birthmark. Now it's a big gnarly scar that like, and it has like the gross, um, like jagged stitches, you know, like a Frankenstein scar under my butt cheek. And I always think like that was so stupid. It was so painful. I was 18, so I wanted it. I wanted it gone, and I had no idea it would look so bad. Um, but yeah, when I was listening to her, I was like, what? "And I don't see it. I'm not really in touch with it. I, I don't really think about it when I'm wearing a bathing suit because it's behind me." Um, but sometimes people were like, "What happened to your leg?" You know, <laughs> it's like, "Oh, I chose that. I was staring I chose at your that. butt, and I noticed your yeah. legs weird." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, always a great opener, <laughs> like the Ouija hey, board guy. I couldn't guy. help but notice uh, <laughs> <laughs> my Franken butt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, let's leave on Franken butt. <laughs> uh, so make sure you check out the website. This is where the magic happens. dot com, uh, where the magic happens, or where magic happens on Instagram and Twitter. And then I'm at Rising uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Rising Yeah, don't forget the K and all the magic. The yeah, CK. And men- remember to talk about your website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's my full name, AngelaLovell.com. It's Frankenbutt.com. Frankenbutt.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. I'm going to embrace this Frankenbutt thing. Yeah, I mean, a, a year from later, we'll measure the brainwaves, and it'll yeah! be like, the best thing that ever happened to me yeah! is my Frankenbutt. <laughs> That horrible injury <laughs> Bru- tearing you know, open like, oh, or whatever. My, uh, my butt was brought to life through the power of electricity yeah, and yeah. a mad scientist. Yes, and now uh, I'm defined. Yeah, and what are you on Instagram? Oh, uh, lovable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, if you like cats, you'll love my Instagram. Yeah, and don't forget <laughs> to uh, rate and review the podcast on yeah. iTunes. And um, it, the deal is still happening. Yeah, I'll throw you up on the altar and I'll light some candles for you. And I'm going to be doing that daily soon. I got to get my, I'm, I'm going to do it every day, honestly. Yeah. And then maybe in the future we'll talk about, or next time if we get around to it, we're going to talk about the, uh, all the, all the people that have been hanging out over at the house. Oh. Uh, or, you know, that, that showed up. 
but yeah. uh, you know of the mystical nature. But okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and I hope you have a wonderful day and night or whatever uh, yeah. time. Twilight, whatever time you're on a podcast, you should listen to this during twilight. Ooh. It's the very magical time. Is the twilight the in between? I am doing so much moon work that I almost I didn't. Ugh, this is really awful. I didn't go to bed till five a.m. last night because the moon and I are like Wah! like. Yeah, <laughs> I was up till three reading House of Leaves. Oh, oh, that's hard. I read all of the uh, the letters from the incarcerated mother, the mental war. I didn't last get night. that far. I'm impressed. Holy shit! I mean, talk about feeling crazy by the end of this. I mean, I was I slept with my lights on. Whoa! I mean, my Christmas lights. I got Christmas lights. <laughs> In like uh, on the ceiling walls and stuff, so not the light lights, but I had to sleep with the Christmas. You're like it was on. so scary. I had to decorate. I couldn't an entire go to sleep. Christmas I was like, tree. I will. I can't be in total darkness. I got the blackout no, curtains, no. so it goes total blackout in my room. So I am like, I'm not ready. I for that. I never sleep in total darkness because the subhumans uh, can come at you in total darkness. Ugh, okay. Always so sleep with I'm the nightlight s- on. I'm never sleeping in nope. total darkness. Nope, again. never, never. Don't do it. Okay, bye everybody. Bye. Whatever happened to fail, Ray? That delicate, satin-draped frame As it clung to her thigh How I started to cry Cause I wanted to be dressed just the same Give yourself over to absolute pleasure Swim the warm waters Of sins of the flesh Erotic nightmares Beyond any measure And sensual daydreams To treasure forever Can't you just see Yeah.